Blog Talk Radio. Hello and thanks for listening to the Big Talker Podcast on the Blog Talk Radio Network, presented in part by our friends at SpeakerMatch.com. SpeakerMatch is the United States' largest online speakers bureau. I'm uh, broadcasting live from our studios here in the Washington, D.C. metro area. And speaking of speakers, folks that are speakers and event planners and musicians, and now pretty much everyone is dealing with a whole new dynamic. It's lonely out there. It's isolated out there. And if you're a public speaker, you have to figure out a whole new way to do things. So we wanted to get into the science of loneliness and isolation during COVID-19 and this pandemic crisis. So we brought in uh, someone who knows the science of it all. It's molecular geneticist and fear strategist. Uh, Her name is Robin Joy Myers, and she's also a TEDx international speaker and an author. And she's here to help us understand the actual real science of fear. And boy, what couldn't be more timely right now as we deal with the coronavirus pandemic. So, Robin, welcome to the Burke Allen Show and the Big Talker Podcast on the Blog Talk Radio Network. First of all, how are you and your family doing? We are all great. Thank you, Burke, and thanks for having me. I hope your family's doing well as well. Yes, ma'am. So far, so good. But as you know, things are changing rapidly. And if you look at, at the headlines just today, this is the most fluid of all news stories. Uh, Michigan, Ohio, Louisiana, now Maryland, which is very close to me in the D.C. metro, and and you as well have ordered non-essential businesses to close. Uh, Spain has extended its lockdown for another 15 days. Uh, Doctors are are saying we should probably call the upcoming Tokyo Olympic Games this summer, and Japanese leaders are thinking about that. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's sort of in the face of this for the White House, gave a very blunt answer When asked about keeping the president's statements rooted in fact, he says, look, I can't jump in front of the microphone and push him down. Okay, I said it. Let's try and get it corrected for next time. Um, And, and, you know, the list just kind of goes on and on. Senator Amy Klobuchar, who ran for president, uh, says her husband has tested positive. And, Robin, I have to tell you, I had a meeting with a gentleman in Washington, D.C. just over a year ago who, as it turns out, was the first casualty of COVID-19 here in, in the uh, Washington, D.C. metro. So it's it's so hitting sorry. close to home. Well, thank you very much. A wonderful gentleman, a Franciscan monk there. And, and so I want to talk the science of this with you to begin with. Uh, I have to ask you what a fear strategist is. You can tell us what a molecular geneticist does, but what is a fear strategist? Well, you know, a fear strategist uh, is this. So I really talk about fear through the science of fear. And yes, I'm a coach and I've been a, I've gone through all the titles of a life coach as a transformational coach, as executive coaching and transitional coaching. But what I truly do is I'm a strategic type of coach where I like to give a blueprint and a map and a how to get to where you want to go. Um, I've focused on fear because although we don't think we have it, we all have it. (laughs) Like we all have doubts, doubts are precursors to fear. But when I really have been on my own journey and I've really focused on what my background is and which is molecular genetics, um, there's a true science behind it. And 
you know, I think let's talk a few minutes about that. The, the science of it is, you know, fear is real and, ch- and change as we all are facing now is real. Um, fear as a response, as a human response, lights up five areas of your brain in order just for that response to happen. It's um, the areas are the uh, amygdala, the sensory cortex, the thalamus, the hypothalamus, and the hippocampus. Um, all of those five areas have to light up like in sync and the amygdala which is incredibly fascinating because our brain is brilliant um the amygdala stores imprints of fear from pre-verbal stages throughout your life until you die so if you go back probably through age seven every imprint of a particular fear and again these are even little doubts that are put into our minds every one of those are probably parent imposed or your caregivers imposed or a grandparent imposed, like we've had no control over. So my goal is really to change those conversations because as a society, we're brought up that this fear is this um, negative stop us in our tracks brick wall where it really needs to be telling us something. It may tell you to stop because there's something you need to really face in a, in a different perspective but it's telling you to, to look at the perspective of it. And so when you shift that paradigm, it changes the conversation and it changes the outlook, even for this, right? It changes how the world is gonna look at life now. And I think what's going on right now, and we can go back into the whole science in a second, but what's going on right now, even for me personally, um, the information is coming out so fast and it is, such a it's a worldwide pandemic so instead of being able to pause and react proactively we're acting we're reacting reactively and it's such a snowball effect and as the news continues and you know we're seeing the numbers in the states and in areas now because we're getting testing of course the numbers are going to go up but we don't know where it's going to stop where it start you know how it started and it's happened so quickly, so there's no time to yet to really take a case and walk through the sequence of where that person was, how long it, the exposure took place. I'm a scientist by trade, so I'm kind of fascinated with the whole genetics of it and where it's going to mutate. So we're going to get, hopefully, um, a vaccine or some sort of medication towards it. But like with the flu that has so many strains, are we going to have a mutation? And then we're back to the drawing board again. Robin Joy Myers is our guest today on the Big Talker podcast, brought to you by our friends at SpeakerMatch and SpeakerMatch.com. I, I have to ask you, before we get too deep into the science of this, how does one, as a, a young person, say, you know, I'm, I'm going to grow up to be a molecular geneticist someday? <laughs> how does that happen? Yeah, well, <laughs> that takes a long time to explain. Um, <laughs> so I was one of those kids growing up. Um, I was a professional people pleaser, as I like to say. You know, I was one to, I, I, the youngest of three, I have two older brothers. I was um, very shy and introverted and definitely the people pleaser of the crowd, right? My parents, my teachers, whatever. Um, my brothers used to call me the goody two shoes. I didn't get into med school, which was going to be my track. 
And because I didn't get into med school, I decided to get my master's degree. I like genetics. I mean, yes, I like science. Then I got into uh, Case Western Reserve University in Ohio for their molecular genetics program. And what, why I kind of giggle behind the scenes here is because as I realize and I try and talk to people about, the lab for me was part of my hiding. It was my isolation and my loneliness. And so for me, I could be there under the radar. I could be doing what I liked. I could be productive. I discovered a gene in fruit flies that dealt with wing formation, a mutation called TUB36. Um, but I could hide. And it wasn't really until I lost my mom during that time in graduate school. She was 53 and I was 21. And what I didn't put together. I was very good at like closing the chapters and thinking, oh, it's a new chapter of life. Not looking, no pun intended, as the sequence. DNA sequence, sequence of my own life. Um, I finally pulled that one out when I did my TED Talk on the science of loneliness and isolation in June. <laughs> but um, wow. you really do have to look at the sequence. And it goes back to those imprints because they do come back. What we have to really be able to do, I did, and I still do, um, things that might have served me, for instance, hiding and being a quiet introvert, um, aren't serving me in my later life. When I turned 53, ironically, my daughter, I had three children, two boys and a girl, just like I grew up with. When she turned 21, I turned 53. And it was a very surreal moment because... Sure. Um, mortality was kind of staring me in the face kind of like one I realized how young 53 was and how young 21 was and how impressionable it was and I realized that I went into I didn't have anybody at 21 I went into that loneliness depression more isolated than I ever was isolated and so that certainly didn't serve me as a 53 year old woman and so that shifted my mindset as to what am I going to do to leave that legacy? How am I going to change the world? And, and part of it is now looking at that sequence and now being able to say, what is that science? So people can really understand. So it's not just our brain is so smart and there's so many ways that it's going to tell us not to do things, but there are ways to do things. Um, I talk a lot about neuroplasticity and, why we always hear 21 days and it has to do with we in 21 days you can train your brain to change its patterns into new behaviors based on our input but it's being very you have to get comfortable being very uncomfortable because your brain's going to say like you know you are okay the old way you, you know might not have loved it but why change it so you really it's like an internal um argument that you're having with yourself, frankly, to make those changes. And I think, you know, this whole time right now is going to give everybody a lot of time to think and really figure out what's important in life. Sort of this magnitude of what this is doing is, you know, the security of everyone's finances and family, but what's important and how are we going to look at life and how are we going to live life and I think it's going to humanize the world. I think we are going to get back to a more human, gentler world 
kind of, you know, starting as individuals and as communities and building societies again. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? Robin Joy Myers is our guest today on the Big Talker podcast, sponsored by our friends at SpeakerMatch, SpeakerMatch.com, the world's largest online speakers bureau. And uh, Joy, uh, Robin, what brought you to our attention is that you had done this TEDx talk just a few months ago about the science of loneliness and isolation. And boy, what couldn't be more apropos as we launch the podcast. So I, I want to get into in our remaining moments here, some of the specific tips you might have to, to stay productive at home in spite of fear and uncertainty and anxiety. So could you give us maybe two or three of your top tips on, on how to stay productive and, and sort of, you know, keep that stuff at bay? Absolutely. You know, um, I think it's really, really important, especially I, I know you are because we had a minute to talk. I am. Whether you're working from home or you went to an office, now we're all working from home. So routine is huge. It's really, really important. And it's important it, whether you have young children in the house or kids that came home from college because their life is turned upside down as well. Sure. I even have my, my daughter. I brought her back from New York because what was I going to do with her there? So she's yeah. living with us right now. Um, routine, number one, is very important. You know, keep your morning routine. Get up exercise, shower, do what you normally do, and then set your calendar. You know, set the time, almost time block what your day is going to look like for all of you. If your child doesn't have work to do, whatever age they are, then the younger kids can write a letter. The college kids can read a book or, or do something, but everyone's got to like respect the work time. I think that's, you know, limit your screen time and everybody work when it's work time. I you know, think I think that's other... huge, Robin. I'll tell you, I, I thought at first, you know, I'm going to wind up wandering around my home like the big Lebowski in a ratty bathrobe and a T-shirt and, and <laughs> some shorts. And, and that just doesn't work for me. So, I, you know, the alarm goes off and I get up and I go to work and it may be a different work environment, but I feel so much more productive by keeping that routine, by making up the bed and doing the things that I normally do. So I think there's, there's definitely something to that. Yeah, I think, we, I think it's really important. And, you know, depending on what your env- living environment is, you might have to get creative with where you're going to work, right? So uh, a bedroom, a closet, something might be transformed where that becomes workspace in the house. And then take breaks as a family, you know, try and get outside. I mean, your germs are your germs within the family. So you can <laughs> smartly social distance, but be with your family, go for a walk, um, play board games. I just bought a, pu- I just bought a 500 piece puzzle and a thousand piece puzzle. And my daughter and I are looking at each other like, <laughs> that was a great idea, but <laughs> realizing <laughs> a little daunting in, in reality. Exactly. But do something like that, you know, get silly, but spend that family time. And, you know, social media, as much as isolation and loneliness, like loneliness is at such epidemic proportions right now. Um, But use that social media to FaceTime family members that are not in the area. You know, the grandparents that you're not going to get to see right now because obviously their age and we don't know the vulnerability there. And the other thing is, you know something? I love the concept of like cooking and coaching. Cook as a family. 
even the littlest. When I was little, my mom had this tiny, tiny step stool, and I barely got my head over the countertop. But I would carry it around and follow her like like the dog. Um, do it as a family. Who knows what you're going to make, but it opens up conversations. And, and honestly, the other thing is limit the screen time and limit the conversation. Watch, watch how much you're watching the news and be careful of all of that conversation just because it is changing so fast and so quickly. As a side note, my 28 year old called this morning and he kind of, he's in Austin, Texas alone. And uh, sort of not panicked, but concerned with various reports that he heard and telling him like, you know, his name is Michael. You have to be able to quiet that down a little bit, you know, and get productive and, well, so look, I I'm in the media know. business, and I will tell you, Robin, that, that it is my firm belief that although the story is very fluid and new things are coming out constantly, it can be, A, an enormous time suck, and you can really get mm. drawn into that um, and, and lose all your productivity. Uh, but secondarily, you know, it's not going to change that much that you can't, you know, check it a couple of times a day, in the morning and in the evening, and and then move on and leave it alone. You don't want to be that person that that buys into the panic and, and by watching the news and all those mixed messages, whether it's on you know television or listening to the radio or in social media, frankly, um, it can be a bad thing. I will tell you though, that social media as it has always been, but certainly exemplified, it can be used for good or evil. You mentioned cooking a close friend in uh, Portland, Oregon. Uh, I just got a, a note from her. She's a filmmaker, a movie maker and her daughter is doing home videos on how to, to bake pies. And I just love, I love that, that whole piece of what's coming out now socially. Right. Robin Joy Myers, by the way, is our guest, and she's uh, a molecular geneticist. So I'm just amazed that I can, I can barely pronounce that. So I'm happy that you're having a conversation <laughs> with me. Uh, she's also, though, a fear strategist who has a great TEDx talk that you can see online that she just did a few months ago on the science of loneliness and isolation. And, and that's why she's a guest on the Big Talker podcast. We have a few minutes left. I want to talk to you, though, about uh, in your your scientific background, how you think the, the pandemic and, and this loneliness will affect us all um, over the long term in the age of isolation. You talked about how patterns emerge. Do you, do you have any forecasting on how this is all going to affect us long term? Oh, that's a good question. You know, Burke, I think... I think we all have to stay as positive as we can, to be honest. I think we just have to use this time very wisely to really reflect and think about what we can do to be um, more conscious of our, our actions, be more resilient as, as individuals, as a family unit, and then through for our community and really start getting back to the basics. You know, I, I'm 55. I didn't live through the depression. Um, but I really feel like maybe this is going back. Like my parents are no longer alive. So maybe this is something that they might have gone through. I really do think that um, we should look at using our social media in a wise way. I agree with you just like you set your calendar, you can set the times to use the social media. 
you know, check your emails only at certain times of the day, unless you're expecting something to come in. But I really do feel like we will be fine. I think we just have to sort of pause and breathe and realize that we're all in this, you know, and I think that's what makes this such, um, and we're all on equal playing terms. And I think that's what makes this such an interesting nerve-wracking time, yet um, a reset that I feel like maybe the universe is telling us all something. You know, I think we've gotten away from the basics of just being gentle and vulnerable and kind to one another. And I think maybe this will bring kindness back out, you know, because it, it what it's proving is the virus, there's no immunity to the virus. Anybody can get this, right? I mean, at first it was, if you were older, and now we're seeing young people. I heard a report about an infant being positive. So right. I, I think that it's just being really smart and having faith in whatever your faith is or, or spiritual, whatever that looks like. But we're going to be okay. And we're all in this. So no one's alone in that sense. Uh, everyone's going through it. There's tips and suggestions on how to get through it and, and realize that, you know, reach out, make phone calls, stay in touch with people. Um, just realize that you're not alone, even though we're all cooped up in our own homes. And you know, the actual real science of fear. I mean, you are a scientist by trade and, uh, and now of course you're an author and a speaker as well. Uh, and by the way, if you're just joining us, Robin Joy Myers is our guest on the big talker podcast brought to you by speaker match. What do you realize now knowing the actual real science of fear uh, in terms of a strategy to overcome that fear? If, if you're one of those people that that's a little more panicked than others about this, uh, is there anything that, that your scientific knowledge of real actual fear and how it works on a molecular basis that you could, uh, could ascertain how best to combat that fear? You know, I'm actually uh, a believer that fear works in our best interest. I am a believer that through the science of fear, it's really telling us to wake up and live very consciously. I mean, it takes a lot of courage to live very presently, but it, it's a wake up call, really, like look around and in a way, put the phones down and, and just heads up instead of heads down and buried heads up and really watch. And I, I think we're all going to be fine. I just think it's a, we're all, we're just pressing a major, major reset button. And through the science of it, just know that it's real. And those don't ignore those feelings. Just be able to pause and take a very big, deep breath. I'm a very big believer that in five minutes you can pause unless something, there's an emergency situation. You have five minutes to do anything. Breathing is a great way to reset. Um, scents. If some people love essential oils and scents, take a deep breath of that. Uh, sit, listen to a book, put on your favorite song and dance around if you want or sing it. But there's scientific ways to pause the neurons firing in your brain to actually pause and come back and settle down. So I think the best thing to really get through this is to start really reflecting on finding out who you are and answering those questions of what's important to you 
what are, I call them your non-negotiables. What are your golden rules that you will live by, you know? And I think things that will come up are like, I know personally, like financial planning, you know, <laughs> I think I will do that much better moving forward. Um, yeah, I think we all should. Um, yeah, Robin I mean, Joy I Myers, think... by the way, our guest is, is a scientist who actually did a talk on loneliness and isolation, a TEDx talk back in the summer. And I've got an interesting text question here, and this is from Brian in Dallas. He wants to know if, if, if you consider yourself a futurist since you did this talk on uh, the science of loneliness and isolation um, just months before all this happened. And, and I'm not sure, I don't want to speak for you, I'm not sure that you consider yourself a futurist, but I will ask you this question. I mean, what is it that drew you to that topic that now is suddenly forefront in front of hundreds of millions of people? Because that's pretty amazing. Yeah, kind of, uh, kind of strange, isn't it? Um, it thanks, is indeed. Brian. Um, yeah, uh, no, I didn't plan on that, but um, I feel like I need to, I guess, get on the soapbox, and and I would love my voice to be heard because I really do want to calm the minds of people and uh, tell them that it, it's a big wake up call, and I know what it is to be lonely and to feel isolated. I lived half of my life that way. And it wasn't until I really put the steps in place to learn who I was and walk through things that I thought were limiting me that were self-imposed, really. You know, we all deal with actions in our, in our lives, right? Um, we all deal with traumas of varying degrees. So I'm not trying to minimize certain things that somebody might have gone through. But it really comes down to a, a self a self discovery journey, and realize that um, you do have the control to really create your life. Um, you do have the control to really. I say I I use the fear method, which is forgive, emerge, accept, and resolve. And the forgiveness is you. The forgiveness is you being able to go of the past that isn't serving you now. Let go of past things that have happened in any, in any facet of life that may have held you back that you can say, you know what, I'm just going to let that go. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to acknowledge it, but I'm going to move forward. And then you can emerge and accept. And then through these, what, however long this virus is lasting and how, which I guess that's the, that's the question of the day and the week and the year, right? What are we looking at? But resolve that, frankly, we're going to be a we're going to be better individuals in a better society. You know, as a world, we are going to start realizing that we're not we're not different. Doesn't matter what your socioeconomics is. Doesn't matter race, creed, color. None of that. We are human beings that need to. That Robin Joy Myers, our guest today. She is a fear strategist. And, and again, I want to repeat what she said back because I think it is so prescient. Fear, the acronym, fear, emerge, accept, resolve. Fear, emerge, accept, and resolve. Look for Robin's TEDx talk online. Where can folks visit you online if they want to find out more about you and, and your work as a fear strategist and maybe pick up a copy of your book? Go to my website, robinjoymyers.com, and 
All my links and everything about me is there. Perfect. Thank you so much for taking time to be on the Big Talker podcast today. Thanks, Bert. Thanks for having me. And everyone stay safe and healthy. Atta girl. That's what we like to hear. Robin Joy Myers, molecular geneticist turned fear strategist, TEDx international speaker and author on the science of loneliness and isolation during the pandemic. As we broadcast live from our broadcast bunker here at the uh, Stately Allen Estate. Sounds kind of like the Batcave, the Stately Allen Estate, Stately Wayne Manor. (laughs) I really appreciate everybody listening today, wherever you are, all over the world. Thank you so much. As Robin said, stay safe, and uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Bye, everybody.